That's so true. That is so true. And you know, I'm a big proponent of self-advocating. I'm a big proponent of saying no. I've heard people say no is a complete sentence. Period. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations. I'm your co-host, Michelle, at Modernly Michelle. And I'm Dana, aka it's Dana B. And we are so excited to be hosting episode 11 of our podcast. Yes. (laughs) We say this every episode, but we truly are excited every single time. And we, yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much it. (laughs) All right, you guys. So we are going to jump straight into the strawberry and lemons for today. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, just all of the businesses, and I'm sure you guys have noticed this as well if you've been checking your email boxes on social media. I'm sure you've seen this within the past few days, weeks. Um, but all of the businesses who have been, in terms of like so- showing their support for Black Lives, they have been donating millions of dollars towards different organizations and initiatives such as Black Lives Matter and NAACP. And they've also decided to share that they're going to make a pledge towards maybe um, diversifying people within their C-suite, within their organization, period, Um, how they're going to amplify Black voices through whichever mediums they handle, whatever. (laughs) Right. Right. So we're going to talk about just, of course, the strawberries and lemons of that, but then also how we feel about it. So Dana, how do you feel about the companies saying that they're giving millions of dollars towards these initiatives and yeah, things like that? Okay. So on the one hand, I think it's great uh, because as we know, the black community were spenders, right? Right. Uh, I personally would like to change that narrative to we're investors or we're savers. But right now, that's not the fight. The fight is we spend millions, billions of dollars with these corporations, with Nike, Walmart, Target, um, McDonald's, people who still eat McDonald's. So it's good to know that these companies are now putting their money where their mouth is. So I'm happy to see that these companies are taking a public stance and they're pouring back into our community. But on the other hand, I do know that a lot of them said that it's a pledge, right? And typically with a pledge, there's not, there's no way we can see if there's follow through. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just hope that this isn't a publicity stunt and five years down the highway, we can look back and say, oh, Target donated X amount of dollars to this organization. And as a result, this is how it positively impacted our community. So that's how I feel on it personally. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think that's that's very well said. And I never want to come off as a negative Nancy. (laughs) But as soon as I notice all of these companies back to back to back, all saying how they've given so much money and how they're doing this and they're doing that. I was just just in the back of my mind. I was like, I really hope that you guys aren't doing this as like a media poll or just so you wouldn't be called out on social media. Right. Yeah. You know, because especially by black Twitter. Right. Exactly. So that's something that at first I was like, okay, this is nice. And then when I noticed just back to back to back, I was like, 
hmm, everybody all on the same day, huh? Right. All decided that they want to donate. Did you guys <laughs> come together? How convenient. Is this something where you noticed another company, maybe a competitor yep. who did it and you want to one-up them or you want to show yep. you know, the consumers that they can also shop with you? I just know mm-hmm. that there's so much thought and meticulous movement that's made within large corporations <laughs> in particular and I just really hope that it is authentic. And while, you know, the strawberry for sure is that it's great for the organizations who are benefiting and receiving this money because now they can do way more than they were able to do before. Yes. And they can also mm-hmm. help these, com- help, you know, communities as well as the families of those who unfortunately their lives were taken. But the lemon is like, is this for media or for now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Facts, facts. I a thousand percent agree with that statement. And I also had another thought, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I think it's great to give us, when I say us, I mean to give the Black community and these organizations that directly impact our communities. I think it's great to give to them, but I would like these companies to do, because honestly, it's not hurting them in any way. You know what I'm saying? Like, Who's to say they used to give a million dollars to American Red Cross, but this year they're just redistributing it to the ACLU, right? So I'm not taking away from the fact that they're giving. uh, And I'm not saying when you give, it should hurt you. But I'm saying that there can be more done besides just saying we're going, just saying we're pledging to write a check. I would like to see them. So, for example, Target has an initiative where they're going to give free consulting to small businesses. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Target has also committed to providing 10,000 hours of free consulting services to small businesses in the Twin Cities since they're located in Minneapolis. So basically, if you're a small business in Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota, you can get free consulting services from Target. I think this is a great way to show direct impact in addition to the check that they say they're going to write. I love that. Yes, exactly. I have always been a person that's about action. Yes, yes. Yes, you know, like people can always talk a good game, talk the talk, but what are you actually going to do besides that? And I think that's one thing that I noticed some people kind of giving a little bit of backlash. And you can tell me your thoughts about this as well. And we won't go too deep because, baby, this whole episode, <laughs> not that it's a bad thing, will be about Black Lives Matter and corporations. Is it for real or is it publicity? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right. But I noticed that there was some backlash with um, the different cities who painted or who had painters or muralists paint Black Lives Matter on the street. And I noticed some people saying, the people who were critiquing it was just like, that's cute. Thank you. (laughs) But what are we doing to actually show these Black lives that they in fact matter? So do you feel like Mm -hmm. just doing something that can just be seen (laughs) is showing that and displaying that? Or is it the work that you do behind the scenes more important? And I kind of felt, I was like, dang, you know, I love the fact that they are taking that step to really make that known, especially for those who hate seeing that like you know you know what I mean yep uh but at the same time I was just like I really hope that there's some action being put behind it because 
you know, simply painting Black Lives Matter on a street does not mean that there won't be legislation, legislature or different things that are like added to the police force that can <laughs> stop this brutality or stop the systemic racism that's happening throughout America. So very well said. Very well said. I want to echo your sentiment. So <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I want to echo your sentiments. I think there is enough opportunity for everybody to play a part, right? Mm. If you're an artist and the way that you can give back is through your art, I definitely think having Black Lives Matter painted on the street, it's beautiful. And I think it should be celebrated, especially if you're being paid for your work. That's putting black, that's putting dollars back into the black community. So that should not be looked down upon like, okay, that's cute. Now what? Let's celebrate every part of it. There's not one solution to this, right? There's different ways to attack one problem and every piece of it is needed. So if an artist can paint Black Lives Matter on a big street that gets a lot of traffic, I think that's great and should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. Especially for those, like I said, for those who hate seeing that message, yes. right? Now it's making, the city is making a stance and is sharing that. So yeah, I agree with that. Now the problem becomes when we stop at that. So if it's just, oh, we're going to, you know, write a, a check to 10 muralists to paint Black Lives Matter on a main street and we're done, we're going to wash our hands clean of it. I think that's problematic. Now, what we need to see, like you said, is actual laws that protects everyone, right? That protects everyone, but particularly those that are most attacked and oppressed, which are Black people, next Hispanics and the Latino ex community from police brutality. So, Again, every part of it is needed. You need the showy part of it. You need the one that's going to be front and center. But a lot of work that really brings change is done behind the scenes and in silence. So we need people in boardrooms. We need people in courtrooms. We need people on Capitol Hill. We need people in Hollywood saying these are the things we're going to do to make sure that we protect those that are oppressed, those without a voice, those whose ancestors were enslaved for 400 years and now they're still paying the price of not having that leg up they're still paying the price of building this country and having nothing to show for it besides um, oppression hmm. so good and i just want to make one more um or i just want to share one more thought about that when you say that i've noticed that some white americans love to advertise and promote i should say to the sentiment of well my father came here with nothing or, you know, my family had nothing. My father was, I don't know, like a pain. I don't know. Right. He did something. And then I was able to work my way to the top and work my way here. And, you know, everybody can do the same. You can do the same, too. But what they neglect <laughs> to realize is that, yes, you were able to do that. But you had a huge benefit which is the perception of you and the color of your skin. So while you were, and I'm not saying that because we're black, that we can't do the same and we haven't done the same. There have been tons and tons and tons of people in history and currently right now who are people of color, who are black people who started from the bottom now we're here. and literally made their way up to, yeah, what they you know um, deem as success. But that doesn't mean that, how can I put, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to, 
wrap up my thoughts. I get what you're saying. If if I'm following your train of thought, what you're trying to say is, yes, you came to this country or your grandparents, great-grandparents came to this country without anything. But when they got here, they had more opportunities than the black American born here simply because their skin color didn't have as much melanin as the black oppressed American. Exactly. And, you know, we all know that sentiment where we have to work twice as hard. Right. To get half as much. Yes. So, yeah. Thank you for wrapping up that thought. Again, guys, please give me grace. Pregnancy brain. Sometimes I'm on a roll and it just shuts down. So here we are. (laughs) No, I definitely get that. And I also think it's important. So I also think it's important to acknowledge chattel slavery because, for one, no black enslaved person chose to get on the boat and be chained under the boat to get to America. Mm. So your grandparents coming here with a hundred US dollars in their pockets, and then someone else's great grandparent, great, great, great grandparent, whatever, being brought over on a boat, chained under seas, get to America, sold for four hundred dollars, and then being beat into, you know, pick cotton. And I think that's a little different. You know what I'm saying? Just a little. Just a little. Call me crazy. Mm. I don't know. But I think it's important to discuss chattel slavery and then also to remember slavery was for 400 years. So you cannot expect for us to be where we're supposed to be. And how long has it been? So long story short, slavery, chattel slavery lasted 400 years on U.S. soil. So you can't expect that a hundred and... 80 years no 120 years my math is all over the place and less than 200 years for us to have made enough progress to be where we're supposed to be does that make sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so girl makes sense to me i don't know if it's because i'm black but it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> now before we close out i do want to say before we close out the strawberries and lemons i do want to say that it's a great thing that these companies are putting their money with their mouth is but again we just hope that it's more than a pledge they're actually going to write that check they're actually going to figure out what they can do to be inclusive in the services they provide the products they sell and the people who work in their offices in their stores and make up their executive leadership Mm-hmm. I want to shout out Ben and Jerry because they are the real deal. I don't know who Ben is. I don't know who Jerry is, but they do not play. They took a stance with the Black Lives Matter movement four years ago. And first every- of all, first of all, right. So this isn't something that they're doing now that everyone else is doing it. They've been about it. <laughs> been about their life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ben and Jerry, they are some writers. And if you go on their website, they have in bold letters, it says, we must dismantle white supremacy. And then they lay out three or four things that they want to see done to really make sure that we dismantle it and that we care for those who are oppressed. So if you can buy Ben and Jerry ice cream, please do so. This isn't an ad. We're not sponsored by them yet, but they do support the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's just a fact, right? Black lives do matter. And when Black Lives Matter then we can say all lives do matter in the and these United States of America. Come on now. Yes. So now that we've discussed our strawberry and lemon for today, I don't even know if we, oh, we did say the strawberry and we did say the lemon. Mm-hmm. So now we can jump into the rant. 
Friends in Revelation. Friends in Revelation. <laughs> One day she'll join me. One day. <laughs> so today we are going to discuss boundaries. Period. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> so as usual, I'm going to start with a definition. So we're thinking that we're going to, um, and by we, I, I mean I, um, going to name this Dana's definitions. So maybe I should come up with a jingle if yours is Ransom Revelations, like right before you give your definition. It's like, Dana's definitions. And then you're like, all right, guys, so boundaries. You know <laughs> What does that mean? I would like for you to put more thought into the jingle. Because all you said was, <laughs> very low effort. Very low effort. No, because I don't want it to take up too much time for the episode. Oh. So I don't want it to, you know, so it just be a quick little, like, a nice little, like, <laughs> Dana's definitions. And, like, it introduces it. Maybe jingle was the wrong word. Gas me up, guys, so <laughs> I can feel like what I'm saying is right. We're all working through it together. Uh, but anyway, I found today's definition on good old Wiki- Wikipedia. Wikipedia. And personal boundaries are guidelines, rules, or limits that a person creates to identify reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave towards them and how they will respond when someone passes those limits. Mm. I like to say when someone disrespects those limits. Hmm. Okay. I really like this definition. Yeah, it was very clean. Yeah, very clean. And I like the fact that it says how um, it identifies reasonable, safe. I really like that word. It made me feel safe. <laughs> The word safe made you feel safe? I feel you. Yes. Yes. So reasonable, (laughs) safe, and permissible ways for other people to treat you. Mm. So let's get into it. There's so much to say, but my first question for the day is, if you were to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, where do you stand when it comes to setting boundaries? Are you a good boundary setter in your work relationships, your marriage, with your family, and with your friends? How do you rate yourself? Hmm. I would say for sure, when it comes to uh, relationships, friends, family, I would say probably like a strong eight. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good when it comes to that. Uh, definitely, yeah, above average. But when it came, well, when it comes to and came to work, <laughs> I would definitely say I was not as strong. I would probably say like a five. Mm. I was not, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not doing it. Yeah. And there's reasons why. And we're going to get into it. But <laughs> I was trash. Okay. Getting better, but trash. <laughs> what about you? I I have to think really hard about this. I would say off the top of my head, I'm a seven above average, but not perfect. Uh, but I don't know if that's just a self-perception thing or if other people look at me and say, oh, well, my close friends, of course, can look and say, Dana's really good at setting boundaries. I would like to think that I am because <laughs> I feel no pressure to answer my phone. Uh, I, When someone asks me why I chose to do something, I say, because I want to. And there's a period at the end of that. And I just, I, I think I'm good at it. But I wonder if I'm really a punk and I'm just like over inflating how good I am. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So I never feel like within our friendship, I've noticed that you had a, had a problem setting boundaries. I feel like you've always said when you need to go to do something, if something, you know, if you need your own personal time, if something you need to do, I don't know. It's just, I feel like you've always been that one to, um, not really have an issue. And that's just my perception of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that setting boundaries is a skill, right? I agree. Setting boundaries is a learned behavior. And I kind of want to talk about why do people choose not to set boundaries? Mm -hmm. What are are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I would say for me, one of them is definitely fear. For sure. And I can give a personal example. When it came to myself in particular work, because as I mentioned, I was trash when it came to setting boundaries with work. (laughs) Um, In the beginning of becoming a business owner, in particular, like offering services to clients, Mm -hmm. I, so I'm a very ambitious person and I'm married to a very ambitious person. So two ambitious people is actually like like crazy combination, guys. No one gets any sleep. No one stops working. It's a whole thing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so in the beginning of us offering our services, um, we took on a lot, right? Not only because we wanted to, of course, make money and make a living, but we also wanted to feel successful. We wanted to be able to have a large amount of clientele to build up our portfolio. There was just, and we wanted to help a lot of people too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there was just so much that went into it. But for us, our issue was because we were so focused on that success, so focused on making sure that we have quite a bit of clients, we didn't set those initial boundaries. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we had contracts, right? contracts outline all of those things. But when it comes to working with someone one-on-one, we didn't want to be perceived as those people who wouldn't be able to do something. Yeah, We wouldn't be able to complete a project or, oh, well, I thought you guys were good at this, but mm, just because you weren't able to do X, Y, and Z within X, Y, and Z timeframe, you know, you know, so it was more so fear. We didn't, we, and the biggest fear, we didn't want to lose our clients. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs can, you know, you know, agree and snap to that, yeah. <laughs> that sentiment. It's just because you don't want to lose them, right? So I have a specific story where there was one time where I had a client and we had a particular project that we had to complete, but due to lack of information, a uh, short time frame, yeah. um, very high expectations, higher than what was even agreed upon between Mm -hmm. us and said client, there was a time where I literally was crying in the middle of the night because I had to finish something. And instead of me telling that client, you know, Hey, I will not be able to fulfill it within this time frame because I don't have enough time. I wasn't given all of the information within an appropriate, appropriate time frame, or as you know, our turnaround time for X service is this, you know, amount of time. I just took on that weight and yeah, it literally broke me. And if anyone knows me, I don't cry. Right. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it was just so much frustration, so much stress. And I think that's where fear comes in because I was fearful in the back of my mind. 
if I don't do this or if I can't do this, then they're going to leave and we're going to miss out on this and we're not going to have this client anymore and they won't be able to refer other people to us. And yeah, it was it was a whole thing. I'm so glad that I've gotten over at least that hurdle. And I think when you've been burned, when you haven't set certain boundaries, you learn from that. Yep. Absolutely. So I was able to learn to not be fearful. If you lose or miss out on a client, then that just wasn't for you. You can find another client, right? Yeah. But, you know, I was naive in my thinking back then. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I love that you mentioned how fear plays a role in people choosing not to set boundaries. I think another fear is the fear of missing out. A lot of people don't set boundaries because they think if I don't set If I set this boundary, if I say no, I won't get this opportunity again. I won't get this promotion in the future. So people just say no because they don't want to miss out on future opportunities. But my thing is, for example, when you get a promotion, right? If you are at level one, they expect you at level two or three after this promotion. Mm -hmm. So if you say Sure, I'll do it. You add on to your plate, even though you're at full capacity. When you get to this promotion, you won't be able to sustain it because you left the test before you were able to pass it. You didn't graduate to the next level. So now you're unprepared. You're completely stressed out and you overpromise and underdeliver, which really hurts your brand. Right. And I think that's something that's very prevalent when it comes to setting boundaries with work. For sure. Because when you don't set those boundaries, then your boss or who, you know, whoever you're providing a service to or a product to, they have this extreme expectation of you because you were able to do whatever they asked you to do, whether it was very quickly, it was within a, you know, crazy, like constraint, like let's say you had a thousand other things to do, but somehow you were able to get all the thousand things done, even though you cried yourself to sleep. They don't see all of that. Yes. They simply see the results. Yes. So-and-so was able to do it. So now I know I can lean on him or her to do that again. And the longer you take before setting that boundary, the more you're putting on yourself because you're not advocating for yourself. Yeah. That's so true. That is so true. And you know, I'm a big proponent of self-advocating. I'm a big proponent of saying no. I've heard people say no is a complete sentence. Period. You don't always have to explain yourself. And I understand in the work environment, the dynamic is a little bit different. So maybe your manager, your supervisor will need that explanation, but you have to be comfortable with saying no and walking away from opportunities that hurt you more than they help you. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, before we move on to our next point, I also want to point out that there can be a fear in setting boundaries with friends because you're afraid you're going to be left out. So you think if you say, no, I can't grab dinner tonight or I can't grab drinks tonight next week when they're doing something really fun that you actually want to participate in, they won't invite you because you said no last week. Right. So there's different ways to look at it. But at the end of the day, you have to do what will help you keep your peace of mind. Because again, people see the result, but they don't see the journey. They don't see the endless nights. They don't see that you're tired and just drained. They don't see all of that, you know? Right. And I think another thing too, since you brought up friendships is as when it comes to not setting boundaries or setting boundaries is that the fear is that you don't want to hurt their feelings. 
either. Yes. Right. So when it comes to work, it's a little bit different because it's work. So it's like, I mean, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's a contract. (laughs) It's a whatever it may be. But when it comes to a personal relationship, you never want to hurt someone's feelings or you don't want them to perceive your boundary as you brushing them off or taking it the wrong way. And I think that's where how you present it will come into play for sure. Because instead of just saying for a friend, Instead of just saying, you know, no, I don't want to, you may frame it as, you know, unfortunately I have a lot going on or at this time, you know, like, as you may know, I've changed my lifestyle or I've changed my diet or whatever it may be. So I can't partake in that at this time. You know what I mean? So that's a good example. That's a really good example. I think another reason people are afraid to set boundaries is because they feel the need to prove something. Uh-huh. So for in, in the workplace, they want to prove their expertise. So they want to take on this new project because they want to show that they're well equipped, they're very knowledgeable. And again, when it's time for a promotion, they'll be top of the line. So the need to prove your worthiness will make you just not set that boundary. Or if it's a personal relationship, one example I could think of is, let's say you decide from now on, I'm going to bed at 11 p.m. so that I can wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. As a result of waking up at 11, you say, okay, at 10 o'clock, I'm going to shut everything down. I'm not answering the phone, replying to texts. I'm not going on social media, nothing. I'm not even watching TV. So I could start winding down. But you meet a new person and you notice that this person is a night owl. So they might call you at eight o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. You guys are still on the phone and you like this person, right? But you don't want to set the boundary of, hey, I have to keep this promise to myself because it helps me to stay on track for the rest of the day because you want to prove to them you like them, you like their conversation, you see this going somewhere. So there's a lot of reasons why people don't set boundaries. But I think the biggest thing is, If you choose not to set the boundary, again, you hurt yourself. Now you're not setting, you're not sticking to your goal of waking up at five to make it to the gym. Then you're angry with yourself because you're not doing what you said you would do. You're gaining weight. You're tired in the morning. And this other person has no clue because you never communicated what you needed, which is the boundary Mm -hmm. of I have to get off the phone after 10 or do not call me after 10. Mm hmm. Very good example. So lastly, I think another reason people don't set boundaries is because of gender and cultural expectations. Oh, yes. There's a lot that goes in. This could be unpacked. There's a lot that goes into that. (laughs) So I think, well, before I, I go into my opinion, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So I feel like when it comes to gender and cultural, these are things that have been ingrained right? They have been things that have been set in place for years and years. It's been things that's been passed down from generation to generation. So some of these expectations that are put on you or whomever is something that it's even hard to set those. It's even harder to set those boundaries because you may feel as if you're going against the status quo. Yep. Yeah, basically, that has been put in place for said culture or gender, right? So I that's why I definitely that's why I said I feel like you can it can definitely be unpacked because of course I don't want to get too detailed because I don't want to speak wrong on anyone's culture, but there are cultures that have 
certain things that it's just something that happens, whether it's, I'm just going to throw an example out there. I don't know. Um, whether it's where family plays an extremely, extremely big role in your life. Right. And it's something to where you may want to have some time where you pull away, or you may want to have some time where you have to do things for yourself, or you don't want to follow exactly what was already predestined or written out, you know, it may be perceived wrong. Right. But then at the end of the day, you're hurting yourself because you're not doing what you feel is best for you simply because of the cultural standards that may have been put on you. So it's a lot of pressure. And I feel like this is probably one of the hardest instances when it comes to setting boundaries is because baby, this has been going on for years. So you think you about to be the one that's going to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And I can think of a few examples, right? So even in parent and children relationships, so a child may be in their bedroom and they keep their door closed all the time. And they want when someone is coming into their room to knock first. But then you have the parent saying, I pay the bills. This is my house. This is my roof. This is my door. So I'm not going to knock when I walk into this room. So that's a boundary that the child may be trying to set. Like, before you come into my personal space, please knock. But the parent may feel like I don't have to honor that boundary because you're a child. Mm-hmm. Right. I can think of another example, like you mentioned, I know in Haitian culture, like we are really close to our family. So, for example, you're going to give birth soon. Your mom is going to come and she's going to do the bang for you. And for those of you who are not Haitian, it's basically like a bath that the matriarch of the family gives the woman who has given birth. And it's supposed to have like all these really good health benefits because they use natural leaves and I think hot water to basically bathe the um, new, new mom. Anyway, let's say you're not Haitian, right? And you're married to a Haitian mom and his mom wants to come and do all of that for you. And you're like, girl, I love you, but I don't want you doing all of that. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what this ritual is. You want to set this boundary, but now the Haitian mother sees it as disrespect. Mm-hmm. Or th- there's just all these kind of things. Or I'm trying to think of a really good example of gender rules that if you don't follow it because you're setting a personal boundary, it's seen as disrespect or seen as though you don't understand what it means to be a woman. But nothing can come to mind right now. Hmm. Maybe. So, for example, I know in a lot of cultures, like the woman is supposed to serve her husband or the guy that she's dating. And if she just doesn't want to because that's not something she wants to do and she's setting a boundary like I don't want to do it. Now, everyone in the family is looking at her like, oh, she's lazy. She doesn't know how to be a woman. She, you know, so like all these expectations are put on us because of socialization, because of things that come natural such as the thing, the equipment between your legs, if you say no, are you trying to set that boundary? It can be really difficult. Cause like Michelle said, it's ingrained. Mm-hmm. It's ingrained. It's been going on for years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. years, decades, centuries, even, you know? So yeah, that's a, it's a hard one, but again, advocating for yourself. Right. And I think that's where communication and respect comes in. Ooh, For sure. let's talk about that. Because my next question is, why do you think boundaries are important and respect and communication? Those two things are needed in every relationship, no matter what type of relationship it is. So mm-hmm. 
If you want to have a long-standing relationship, you need to set boundaries at the beginning. And so that way there's mutual respect and there's mutual open lines of communication. That's so good. Yes. I've never thought of that. And I feel like it is so much easier on you to set that boundary in the beginning because it's harder when you're already halfway through and the person has gotten comfortable. They've gotten acclimated to how everything's been. So now it's just like, right. They're like, why are you acting different? Why are you acting brand new for five years? This was okay. All of a sudden you want to switch it up. Right. Right. And while we do have the, we do have the chance to grow. Right. And I feel like growth should be celebrated Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is so much easier <laughs> yeah. if you just knock it out in the beginning and set that tone and set that precedent because now that person knows, okay, I know she doesn't want to do this. Right. I know he can't do that, right? I know that this is against what he feels. So you can walk in having the respect can be mutual because now you know how to respect yeah. that person and you won't inadvertently do something to hurt that person. Because you know how they feel and you know what their standards and their boundaries are. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And I think it's a disservice to the person you're in a relationship with not to set that boundary because then you, like you just said, you put them in a position to hurt you and they don't even realize it. So now you're angry, you're bitter, you're resentful, you're mad at them. And they're just confused because you never said, hey, this is not okay. I don't like when you do this, when you say this, when you... Or, you know, when you touch me that way. So I think it's important to communicate that so that they know these are your expectations and they can make you feel safe in that relationship. Right. And I know it may it may come off like easier said than done, Dana and Michelle of Rants and Revelations. (laughs) But I think while you should definitely give yourself grace. Just try to do it as soon as possible. So if that is, okay, something has been going on for the past two years and now you've had this epiphany, you know, instead of just brushing it off again, maybe spend this time doing it and not letting another two years go by. You know what I mean? So it may not be as easy as setting a boundary in the beginning all the time because that's where growth comes in. Like I said, this was something that happened years ago with me for clients. And I was able to learn from that experience. And a lot of things that we learn comes from experience. Yeah. But just don't continue to brush something off that may be uncomfortable. Or if you're making a lifestyle change or you have thoughts towards something and you feel like, you know, you don't want that to happen anymore. You don't want to do something anymore and not set the tone and inform those around you. And yeah. again, communication and respectfully saying it as well. That, that goes a long way. Yeah. And I want to make another note as well. When it comes to setting boundaries, I feel too many times we set our boundaries right at the edge where you're ready to cut that person off. Mm, and that's where it's like real like, girl, no. And it's like, exactly. Hold on. Right. Right. <laughs> Why I, are you yelling? <laughs> I can hear you use your inside voice. <laughs> So I think it's really, really important to set your boundary a little bit further so that if the person trips and stumbles across that limit, they're not falling off the cliff. Does that make sense? Uh Uh, And the best example I could think of is someone choosing to wait until marriage for to have sex, right? So let's say your boundary is no sex before marriage. I think the boundary you should communicate and try to stick to is maybe 
not spend, you know, not having heavy making out sessions, not spending time together at midnight, all lights off, watching, you know, a, a cute movie or, you know, having a listening party of the newest R&B singer with your candles lit talking about self-care Sunday. No, that mm-hmm. that boundary is too close you know what i'm saying set up sis that is a setup or if your boundary is you don't like for your female friends because i know some girls that be like hey b that's my b that's my b like your boundary should not be like don't call me a b your boundary should be like don't call me outside of my name so don't call me a hoe mm-hmm. don't, don't call me any of that that way again when they trip up It's not the end of the world. So I think we can do a better job. It's not just about setting boundaries. It's about setting effective boundaries that can maintain a relationship. And also making sure that that person understands what you're saying. Yes. You know, because sometimes you may get kind of caught up in trying to explain yourself or over explain yourself and the boundary kind of gets lost in the sauce. So just making sure that you lay it out and ask the person to you know, hey, so like, so what do you think about that? Like, or maybe not what do you think about that? But more so like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, just to make sure the person understands and get that verbal agreement. Or if it's for a client, just making sure that you get that email back where they're like, okay, duly noted, whatever, where you can have a document and say, hey, remember, you know, a few weeks ago, I told you that this made me feel uncomfortable. Remember, I emailed you letting you know that per our contract, X, Y, and Z, just so you can hold that person accountable. Yeah, I think I think that's really good. And another tip that I have for setting boundaries in personal relationships is when you're going to have the conversation about setting a boundary. So for one, give your friend or your partner grace, right? You may have to reiterate something more than once, especially if for they're sure. accustomed to doing it with their other friends or in their past relationships. So the first couple of times, you may have to remind them. Um, so that's one tip. And then the third tip... I didn't even plan on listing it out like that. But one, make sure that you don't set your boundary too close to the edge. Two, feel comfortable reiterating your boundary. You can't say it one time and then let it slide and expect them to get back to it if you never brought it up. I was going to say, and I feel like that also helps you build up confidence too. Yes. Having to repeat it. I'm sure, of of course, if it's like the 10th time, it's like, okay, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. You start getting annoyed, right? But it starts to build up your confidence and it, you get comfortable setting those boundaries. And when you're repeating it, you can now say that to someone else more comfortably. Yes. Now you can know how to apply that same boundary within another part of your life, just because you've gotten used to sharing with someone and telling them that particular boundary. Yeah. Do you agree? No, I agree. I agree. That makes a good point. It definitely helps boost your confidence when you can communicate it. And the Mm -hmm. third tip is when you're having a conversation about boundaries, especially when it's difficult to you, be sure to ask that other person, what boundaries would they like for you to observe or what boundaries do they want to set in place now? Because maybe you've been crossing some boundaries, but they didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to make you uncomfortable. So now if it's a two-way conversation, you can say, hey, I really wanted to talk to you about this. I know it happened and it made me feel this way. Going forward, I would like for you to do this. Is there anything that I can do to help you be more comfortable in this situation or any situation where I can respect your boundaries as well? 
That is awesome. That is so, so good because I feel like when you open it up as a conversation, it makes it even easier. Yes. And like, and then you can be held accountable as well. And I feel like this is like, especially, especially key for romantic relationships. Yeah. It shouldn't always be a take, take, take. Like you should also be giving as well. Mm -hmm. And also want to know how that person feels too. Because like you said, in the back of their mind, they could be holding on to stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And if you're just only thinking about yourself and how you feel, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not going to be toward like that thought, that thinking is not going to aid or go towards the success of your relationship. Yep. Yep. That's really good. So... (laughs) I knew that we had a lot to say about setting boundaries. Uh, And this was a really good good conversation and really good reminder for me. And if it's okay with you, I want to jump into our revelations for this episode. I'm here for it. Okay, so I actually have two revelations. One of them doesn't tie too closely, but it's a thought I've been thinking about ever since I listened to the How Married Are You podcast it's um belief and his wife uh Yvette I believe her name is so they have a podcast about being young millennial black married parents and I don't I'm not married or a parent but I do listen to it because I want to be prepared when it's time for me to be in that situation anyway So if you get a chance and you're interested in those kind of topics, definitely check them out. It's called How Married Are You? And they also have it on YouTube as well. But today he said something that was not related to this, but it's been sticking with me. Whenever you think you're being patient, be even more patient than that. And that has really been sticking with me. So in the conversation of boundaries, be patient with someone that you've set boundaries with, uh, and not quick to cut them off, right? If you told them once, don't be afraid to tell them a second time and maybe even a third time. And this is a good way to practice your patience. So when it comes to something that's dire, when it comes to something that's even more serious than don't talk to me that way, you practice patience in a smaller area and you can exercise it in this arena as well. Real good. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So that's my one revelation. And then my second revelation is a quote that I read by Dr. Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. She is a psychologist, I believe, and she's written a lot of books around personal development. Um, some really big ones that I can't think of right now. But if you just Google Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown, I'm sure you'll find her TED Talk and her books and all of that stuff. But the quote that I found by her that really stuck with me when I think of boundaries is daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. Mm, so That's good. I've heard of her before too. And just to hear this quote is like, yes, mm-hmm. doctor. Yes. <laughs> so love yourself enough, R&R tribe, to set boundaries. It can be hard definitely but everything that's hard is worth it and it's absolutely healthy for your mental health your emotional health and possibly even your physical health for sure yeah that was really good and that kind of leads into me um my revelation is definitely to focus on just advocating for yourself yes absolutely uh as you go throughout different journeys within life things are going to happen. You're going to have different experiences and just make sure to learn from them, but don't allow those same things that happened in the past 
to happen over and over again. Mm. So whether it's advocating for yourself through work and setting that boundary with a significant other, with a friend, a family member, whatever Mm. that may be, just think about how much it'll benefit both you and your relationship with that person. So people, sometimes we walk into different relationships just trying to, I guess, be perceived as the easiest person to get along with or the best person to get along Mm -hmm. with. But that person will, I'm sure, have so much more respect for you if you share truly how you feel opposed to letting them essentially on your part feel like they're just running over you. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't be fake. (laughs) Don't be fake. Be real with the people you choose to be in relationship with. And like Michelle said, don't live a nightmare you don't have to. If someone crossed a boundary that you didn't set in place and you don't like how it feels, Speak up and self-advocate. Do not live in a nightmare. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And I really love what you mentioned too. And I thought that's that's another really big revelation as well is also taking out the time to see if you've crossed any boundaries with someone. Yeah. So when you're sharing with someone, whatever your boundary may be, have that conversation, turn it into a conversation piece and figure out how you guys can support each other. And what can be done to ensure that boundaries are being set and they're being followed. So good, sis. Good stuff. You better. Good stuff. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of Rants and Revelations. Per usual, please follow us on Instagram, rantsandrevelations.tv. And be sure to comment and let us know what boundary did you set that you're really happy that you did and it benefited your relationship or when did you set a boundary and it didn't go as planned? We may even share it on um, one of our future podcast episodes. So be sure to comment, slide in our DMs, and let us know. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.